Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Following on from last week's sermon, The One Who is Holy and True, we come to the concluding episode of our seven-part series titled, The Seven Letters. Jesus represented himself in different ways according to the main point of each letter. He is the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, who is the first and the last, was dead and came to life. He has the sharp two-edged sword, eyes like a flame of fire, feet like fine brass, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He is the one who is holy and true. Amen. The faithful and true witness and the beginning of the creation of God. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. These things says the Amen. Amen at the beginning of a statement means he who is the truly trustworthy one, the one who we can believe in. Jesus is the faithful one. It is because of his faithfulness that he is trustworthy. It is in his fullness of truth that we can believe. The true witness is all-encompassing. It refers to every aspect of who Jesus is. He is real, true, genuine, the Amen, the faithful one and true witness. Jesus affirms the truth about God the Father. He is the ultimate expression of God and in him is absolute trust and confidence. He is the beginning of all creation the ruler, the rightful heir of all creation. He is the one who has the first place. In the beginning was the word, and in him, for him, and by him, all things were created. It is in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. At his word he set everything into motion. He created order into chaos. At his word, energy broke out. The stars twinkle, the sun shines, the water flows, and the life fills the void. He is the beginning of all creation. Jesus continues. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. The one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, knows that there are those in the church of the Laodiceans that are neither cold nor hot. As a result of this indifference, they are in dire situation. 
If they were cold, they would more easily recognize their need for a saviour. If they were hot, they would have received Jesus as their saviour. However, they are neither cold nor hot. They simply are indifferent to their own need for a saviour, trapped in foolish pride. Neither cold nor hot is a condition without hope, void of emotion. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16 So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Out of Jesus' great love for them, he uses an analogy that reaches into their personal situation. By their refusing to either receive Jesus or reject him, they are neither cold nor hot, they are linked to a pollutant that makes one sick. If they do not receive Jesus, which is the first work, then they have no part of him. Jesus likewise has no part of them. They are as a foreign contaminant. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Receiving Jesus is a matter of life and death for all eternity. To be indifferent to Jesus is to be wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. They are totally exposed to the deceptions of their heart. They boast that they are rich and have need of nothing. No need for a saviour, they say. Yet the truth is everyone needs a saviour, as all have fallen short of God's glory. All have thought, said or done something against God or another at one time in their life, as it is only Jesus who is the perfect human, born of the seed of the Holy Spirit, the perfect man, the perfect God. He laid down his life so that we could live in his resurrection victory of eternal life. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he declared in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is a glorious moment when we recognize that we need a saviour, that we need God. We are completely and utterly destitute without God. To be poor in spirit is to come to the truth that to be without God there is no life, as the Spirit gives life, and when we receive Him, we receive His Spirit and eternal life. Those who acknowledge their spiritual need and in response to the need receive Jesus and his kingdom, are indeed blessed. Living in this world damaged by evil, in this blessed state of emotion of happiness or joy that is independent of circumstances, is a gift from God. We are blessed because we know our poverty of life without him, 
and consequently receive him and live in the riches of his kingdom. To go deeper, please listen to our podcast. Blessed. Back to the letter to the church of the Lodicians. Revelation chapter 3 verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. Jesus, in his great love, urges them to listen to him and receive his words. Believe in him and receive him. That is, in receiving him, we receive everything about him, including his faithfulness. Jesus uses a marketing analogy to those who declare they are rich. He urges them, buy from me. Jesus is saying, come do business with me. The most important business of all is what you do with the invitation of receiving Jesus or rejecting Jesus. The choice that determines our eternity. We cannot buy our salvation for it is by grace we have been saved through faith in Jesus. This is not by works. This is nothing we can earn or do, so that no one can boast. Salvation is a free gift from God, and it cost him everything. Jesus has already paid the cost for all the offences done by humanity on the cross. So in Jesus saying, buy from me, he is effectively saying, redeem from me. Take from me what I have already paid for you. That is our salvation, which is as gold refined in the fire and being clothed with white garments. Gold refined in the fire so they will be truly rich with the treasures of his kingdom. Jesus will clothe them in white garments in his righteousness and true witness. He will do all this and by his spirit anoint their spiritual eyes to see if only they would open their hearts to him. Revelation chapter 3, verses 19 to 20. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus stands at the door of their hearts and minds and urges them to be zealous. Zealous in this context is to have a desire one way or the other. To be indifferent to Jesus is to live in a deception that has eternal consequences. Jesus exposes the deception and urges them to repent, which is to change their mind and open up their hearts to him. Jesus confronts them in love. 
and stands at the entrance of each one's heart. Each one has a choice, and choose they must. Whether to open the door of their heart to Jesus, or outright reject him. Jesus states that as many as he loves, he rebukes and chastens. Rebukes in this context means to correct or convince. Jesus in his love is showing them that he is the Amen, the faithful one, and the true witness. They must respond. To chasten means to educate, instruct, learn, or teach. Jesus does not abuse his power. God never abuses his power. God gives everyone free choice, and it's out of his great love that he does this. Jesus stands before them and says, Choose. On behalf of the Father, he urges them to choose life, to choose him. Jesus and the Father are one. They want all to come into his kingdom, be delivered, set free, and live in a continual love feast together for all eternity. In his great unconditional love, he reveals to them their need for a saviour and urges them to open their hearts, to change their minds, and let him come in. To come just as they are, and let him in. To all who receive him as Saviour and King, Jesus declares a promise that we all will possess. We are those who overcome. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21 To him who overcomes I will grant to sit with me on my throne, and I will also overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the final promise from the Amen, the faithful and true witness, as he concludes the seven letters to the seven churches. It is extravagantly lavish, fueled with God's love, truth, and power. We will experience the ultimate privilege of being enthroned as royalty. Jesus states, As I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne, I will grant you to sit with me. The Son and Father sit on the same throne in divine majesty and splendour. The Son, as given by the Father, gives us royal privileges of his eternal kingdom. We rule and reign with Jesus for all eternity, in his love, in his truth, in his power. As Jesus speaks, it is so. He is speaking the words of the Father by his Spirit to the churches. In each of the seven letters to the seven churches, 
Jesus concludes with a promise. Let us conclude this series with the seven promises from the one who is Amen, faithful and true witness. Promise number one. To him who overcomes I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Promise number two. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Promise number three. To him who overcomes I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Promise number four. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. As I also have received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. Promise number five. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Promise number six. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. And finally, promise number seven. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. As Jesus speaks, it is so. He is the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, who is the first and is the last, was dead and came to life. He has the sharp two-edged sword, eyes like a flame of fire, feet like fine brass, the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He is the one who is holy and true. Amen faithful and true witness and the beginning of the creation of God. We say yes, Lord Jesus, yes. Come, Lord Jesus, come. For more information and free resources, visit our website jesuslovestheworld.info Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.